This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of encouragement, rest, and connection for those of you who are on the journey with Jesus Christ like we are. My name is Sister Miriam James. And I am joined once again by my lovely, beautiful, capable, competent, and glorious co-host. Jeez, there are some more adjectives in there. Keep it coming. Keep it coming, girl. We were talking about the other day when somebody was like, oh, that's beautiful. And then you say, you're beautiful. And like, that could go like a long list of different adjectives. (laughs) Exactly. So I'm joined as always by my, I won't start again, Heather and Michelle, ladies. Hi. Here we are. Week two in our book study. Week two two of Lent, we're going to talk about being the beloved this week. Last week we talked about our friendship begins, now we're going to Mm -hmm. journey a little bit deeper. We're going to have some honesty about whether we've kept our Lenten commitments or not. Oh my gosh, I gave up Cheetos. I don't know about you guys journey for Lent, but that's the extent of my devotion. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) So we, since we're going to talk about being the beloved, we're going to define a few terms for you if we could. So I think we have, it's always different, or it's always interesting to look at different definitions and what words mean. So... Can I just define beloved just based on the dictionary definition? So life of the beloved, you might be like, what is a beloved? So the beloved means to be dearly loved. Okay. So dearly loved one. So can I just read to you a few synonyms? Ladies, this is where I get my list. Yes, See, I was please. doing my research before we started. So yeah, get out your thesaurus. <laughs> so darling, dear, dearest, precious, adored, much loved, cherished, treasured, prized, highly regarded, admired, esteemed, worshipped, revered, and venerated, right? A much-loved person. So I was just thinking about that, and even, like, we would probably use those synonyms for each other, or our dearly loved ones, but I was thinking of how Christ uses those for us. Mm-hmm. That to Jesus Christ you are, darling, dear, dearest, precious, adored, much-loved, cherished, treasured, prized, highly regarded, admired, revered, esteemed, and venerated. Mm. So can we just start right there? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And how easy that is for us to be like, oh, no, it's that's not true, or if, if only... But that's the reality, and that's when we talk about being the beloved, and we're going to talk about self-rejection, and we're going to talk about the favor resting upon us, being delighted in. That's like the where it hits up against all of our stuff, I think. But the reality that you and I are the beloved, and we're the beloved before time began. We're beloved before, like as Henry Nouwen will say, before anybody loved us or rejected us, we were just beloved. Mm. So... Heather, you want to talk a bit about kind of some of the quotes for the chapter this week on being the beloved that were impactful to you and kind of kick us off here? Um, yeah, just I just wanted to jump in with a quick story. Um, when I was about 18 years old, I was on a ministry team called Reach Youth Ministries, and we would travel around, similar to net evangelization teams, national evangelization teams. And we would travel around doing retreats for young people, and we lived in community, and um, we were at the laundromat one day doing our laundry, and I was sitting, just sitting there in a noisy laundromat, um, reading the book A Simple Path by Mother Teresa. Hmm. And in that book, she said how she was talking about her life radically changing when she realized that God was in love with her. And I read those words, and it was one of those moments where you read something, and it just leapt out right mm. into my heart. And I was like, God's in love with me? And I I just started to laugh, actually, out loud. And I thought, that's I had never heard that before. In all of my Catholic upbringing, 
um, going to church and being a part of a ministry team. I had never heard that before. I knew that God loved me. Yeah. Jesus loves you. This I know for the Bible tells me. So I knew mm-hmm. that. Um, but being in love was different in my mind. So, so, so different. You know, that there was romance and all of these various things that went along with it that I had never thought about my relationship with God like that, but particularly his relationship to me. Hmm. And it changed me. Like that day, the reading that, you know, it's like God started something really beautiful and how I began to relate and pursue him and allow him to pursue me as well. And that was radically changing for me. So when I was reading this chapter, it reminded me of that story, you know, that the becoming the beloved, that it's not just God doesn't have to love us. And sometimes we might think that, well, he has to love us because we're humanity and he's love. And Mm -hmm. no, God chooses us. Like before we chose him, he has already chosen us. And Mm -hmm. these deep realities that are coming up in what Henry Nouwen is saying, these beautiful truths that he's talking about, that it isn't, I like how he talks about how um, we can only give the gift of our belovedness. Like we can only give that gift insofar as I have claimed it for myself. Mm. So I can't give it to somebody else, and I can't honor their belovedness if I don't know my own belovedness. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that quote in particular. It's so funny. You saw it as that way, like this romance. And then when I was seeing Being the Beloved, when Henry Nowen talks about at the beginning of the chapter that he first came across it in the baptism of the story of Jesus. And for some reason that stood out to me, and I made a note and said, you know, baptism is when we welcome people into the family and the church. Yeah. And it began, it started off as family. Mm, yeah. You know, he's becoming a part of a family. And for some of us, family does not mean being the beloved. Right. You know, but that is what God ordains. You know, the Trinity is a family. And he first and starts it. Mm-hmm. And baptism is initiation. It's the sacrament of initiation that welcomes us into the family. Mm. So that really being the beloved is welcome to the family and you belong and you're sought after and you mean something and you're seen and you're known and some of us experience that in our personal family and some of us haven't Mm -hmm. and but that god wants to redeem that like Mm -hmm. it is all about family and that just the scripture that he uses you are my son the beloved who my favor rests on Mm. and that scripture just stood out to me like that it rests on that you don't have to earn it you don't have to struggle you don't have to strive you just have to allow it to rest Mm -hmm. on you and Mm -hmm. i just pictured it like a warm blanket you know just kind of you know covering you up and keeping you warm and secure that it Mm -hmm. just that this is who you are and it just Mm -hmm. rests upon you Mm -hmm. and you don't have to do anything to earn it Mm -hmm. it just is Mm -hmm. this is your being and this is who you're created to be yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and i had similar thoughts about that when i was reading that part and how you know god desires us to say he he is speaking that already over our life as well Mm -hmm. The same thing that he said to Jesus, he is saying to us, you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, or in whom I delight in. There's various translations that is just so beautiful. And I was thinking about being adopted sons and daughters of Mm -hmm. God, you know, and that God speaks to us with the same love that he has for Jesus. Because just as any family who's adopted a child, you love that child the same as your Mm -hmm. biological children, and it is the same in the Mm -hmm. family of God. Like That alone is so mind-blowing to me that God loves me with the same heart that he loves Jesus with, Mm -hmm. you know? It's hard. You can't even fathom that. No, because you just go, I'm not worthy. I can't. I'm not that Mm -hmm. good. Like, why would you love me like that? And Mm -hmm. this is the whole story of our redemption, you know, Mm -hmm. that Jesus has paid a price. 
and that we are royalty now, you know, mm-hmm. that we walk in this belovedness and um, as adopted sons and daughters. And mm-hmm. that's not something that we can throw off. You know, mm-hmm. that's not something that will ever, ever change. That's not mm-hmm. something we can mm-hmm. reject. In, I mean, we can reject it, but it's never going to change God's mm-hmm. heart. He will never reject us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's beautiful. What stood out to you, sister, some of the quotes? Oh, gosh. Well, I just want to talk a bit about that, about, you know, as Catholics, we believe that in our baptism, we receive an indelible mark, an, an ontological change, that something that was not there is now there because of grace. And so really it does. Christ, his life is taken on upon us because of our baptism. And so we become, he, he brings us into his own divine life. And so, I mean, and that's something that can never be erased. And so that's an ontological reality that we will be forever marked by the mark of our baptism, by the delight of God and making us his sons and daughters. So like you're saying, Heather, it's not second class. It's not like a fake thing. It is a, a complete ontological change, which... I really, I mean, you just spend a lot of time thinking about this. You could think about that the rest of your life. Like, how do you even, like, the Trinity dwells in you. And, you know, I believe it was um, C.S. Lewis in his, you know, a sermon, The Weight of Glory. He says, aside from the Blessed Sacrament itself, your neighbor, especially your Christian neighbor, is the holiest thing presented to your senses. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can't even, it's just hard to even fathom that. And so I, I love it when Henry Nouwen talks about the gift of friendship. You know, the gift of friendship is, he said, the greatest gift my friendship can give to you is the gift of your belovedness. And so that's, we were talking about the nature of friendship. And I think in society, sometimes friendship is about me. It's about self-centered. Like, what can you give me? And I'll only be your friend when you can give me this. The reality of friendship is blessing you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And of course, yes, I receive a mutual benefit in that. But a mature friendship is my being able to see who you are in the eyes of God and to remind you, you know, to, to bless you in that and to, to press you deeper into the Lord. And that's really where friendship takes on its its characteristics. And so just thinking about that, if, you know, but like you were saying, if we haven't claimed it ourselves or the process of us claiming it ourselves allows us deeper freedom to bless others in it. So then friends don't become my possession. They become gifts given by God and back to God. Mm-hmm. You know, Yeah, and he does talk about how in the midst of trying to hear that voice that we are beloved, that it's in the midst of the world mm-hmm. shouting other things mm-hmm. like lies that we're oh, not saying so that we're, examples. Yeah, yeah. And these are things that we live with every day. Like mm-hmm. I could say it's like a tape in my head, you know, it used to be especially, yeah. um, and I, and I, the more that I grow in my relationship with God and those things are redeemed, you know, I feel freedom in those areas. Mm-hmm. But I think often we think this is how it's always going to be. I'm always going to hear this voice that I'm not good enough or that I'm too much or that, you know, I, I'm always going to fail. I'm always going to disappoint people, whatever it might be that, the world that your past history the mm-hmm. lies that the enemy is speaking to you sometimes are so much louder than the voice of god and that's something that we have to be very attentive to how much truth are we letting into our life mm-hmm. you know we can't shut off all of the things that you're going to hear in the secular world mm-hmm. but what we can do is fill our minds and our hearts with truth mm-hmm. and we don't often take time or make the space for that to happen you mm-hmm. know so it's it's so much harder for us to believe it mm-hmm. um, when the other voices are louder mm-hmm. yeah which is a special characteristic of lent being led onto the desert because the mm-hmm. desert is a quiet place mm-hmm. and it's quiet exteriorly but i think the harder thing is the interior quiet which is where many times the voices rage, don't they? Like where God is calling us to the interior quiet, you know, the still small voice where he speaks in the silence to speak to the truth of who we are. Yeah. And at the end of the day, God is the one who who alone can heal those things, Amen. but we can participate in that, which is what you were talking about that Mm -hmm. in our friendship with one another. Mm -hmm. We can participate 
um, in God healing one mm-hmm. another's wounds, you know, Amen. as we speak the truth to one another. And I think often as women, we can fall into the other category where we can be quite critical, oh, you know, gosh, in the yeah. world um, and judgy yeah. and envious, envious and, and, yeah. and kind of mean, you know, yeah, like that definitely. can come out. Um, yeah. And we have to be very careful about that. But mm. when it's flipped on its head and we really respond as ones who bear life to the world and we bear life to one another, mm-hmm. and we truly live out of our identity as women with one another, how mm-hmm. much more fruitful that is when we have relationships like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm encouraged by that myself. And I also want to encourage our listeners that, you know, to have these kind of friendships where we're, you're willing to give that to other people where you're willing to speak truth and love and not hold back Mm -hmm. you know about the gift of the other person i remember reading um the book works of love by soren kierkegaard and he talked about at one part that when someone evokes like love like stirs love in your heart for them that that's a gift that belongs to them and Mm. you should share it with them Mm -hmm. and i was like oh like that's not just something for me to feel selfishly Mm -hmm. but i should actually bless them with it it belongs to them it's a gift amen yeah, it's really beautiful. Hmm. And I think he uh, now and talks about falling into the temptation of self-rejection and how easy it is. And that is the counterfeit of our truest identity as a beloved. So it's so easy. And he later goes in later talking to the chapter about hearing God's voice. And it's almost like we have to train our ears yeah. to say, okay, what is God? And what is, you know, basically Satan's voice or whatever voice, you know? And I wrote a book, God's voice confirms our truest identity and convicts us to become more because of his love, not mm-hmm. to become more because I need to earn it. Mm-hmm. And this, where Satan's voice um, confuses our identity. Right. Like there's confusion. Mm-hmm. Like, am I this or am I this? Am mm-hmm. I, you know? And it goes back to me, I'm thinking like a Brene Brown, like when um, we're doing parenting classes and we're bringing our kids home from adoption, you know, one of the things they have us do is um, study a couple of Brene Brown's uh, books, you know, The Art of Imperfection. And your behavior may be something, but that doesn't mean you are. Mm-hmm. Like your behavior, like maybe you're messy, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, so like your behavior may be messy, but that doesn't make you a messy person. Mm-hmm. You may have done something bad, like your action, but that doesn't make you a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, in your truest identity, you are beloved and you are mm-hmm. worthy of love. Mm-hmm. Amen. And you're known and you're seen. And it's almost training our ears mm-hmm. and then having that true friendship around us, that, that give and take that really help us. But, you know, you know, one of the biggest calling cards of Satan's is shame. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that is the way like, okay, this is not of the Lord. This is not true is shame. Anything that makes you want to hide, diminish, mm-hmm. or doubt who you really are, mm-hmm. you know, that's shame. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, okay, no, it has no place yeah. here in my truest identity. And Henry Nahum throughout this book talks about claiming that. Mm-hmm. You have to claim it. So that is like an action verb. Like you have to do something. We can't just, yes, we can sit back and receive and that favor rests on us. But claim you also, every when God, also, his love always calls for a response. Mm-hmm. Always calls for a response to either receive it mm-hmm. or claim it. Like mm-hmm. take it, you know, baby, mm-hmm. this is your ticket. Take mm-hmm. it. This is your birth certificate. Take mm-hmm. it and hold on to it and don't let it go. Mm-hmm. That we have to have that action. Like, we have to respond in love and claim that this is who we are over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. not a one-time, fits-all thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. every day. It's and and shame can lock us in. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's like a prison, you know, um, where we begin to believe things like we're not worthy, that 
that we are our sin. Mm-hmm. You know, we can often get so stuck on, but you don't know what I've done. Like, mm-hmm. how many times have I said that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or in my past, or heard other people say that, you don't know what I've done, Heather. Like, I can't go into church, or I can't, I'm not welcome, mm-hmm. I shouldn't be here. You know, whatever it might be, or just into relationship with God. And I love that quote, isn't it, Pope John Paul II? He said, we are not the sum of our weaknesses, yes, yes, but we are the sum of the Father's love for us. Mm-hmm. You know? That is who we are, no matter what we've done no matter what we will do, um, that will never change. Yeah, and now it goes on to say, it's in thirty-three, page 33 in my book, it says, um, self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice that calls us the beloved. Being the beloved expresses the core truth of our existence. Mm-hmm. And then it goes down a couple sentences and says, I never claimed it as my core truth. I keep running around... I keep running around it in large and small circles, always mm. looking for something or someone mm. able to convince me of my belovedness. Mm-hmm. It was as if I kept refusing to hear the voice that speaks from the very depths of my being, saying, you are my beloved, on you my favorite rest. Isn't that the truth? Um, we keep yes. on running around. Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is going to be it. That mm-hmm. When I do this, like fill in the blank, you know, mm-hmm. when I finish losing that baby weight, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I will be the beloved. When yeah. I achieve this, I will be the beloved. Like mm-hmm. when I get to my, when I get married, when I finish my vocation, when I figure out what I'm called to my vocation, mm-hmm. when do I get the kids out of the house, when I get mm-hmm. my degree in college, fill or in the blank. I, if I was more like so. If I was more like someone, mm-hmm. fill in the blank, then I'll be the beloved. You know, mm-hmm. no, stop right now. Mm-hmm. Like, even on your worst day and all that you are done, even on your worst day, you're the beloved. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, you are still beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on your best day, you are still beloved. It's the both ends. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, it's not something you can earn or try for. It's there. Yeah. Yeah, and later on in that same paragraph, he says, you know, it's like saying, the louder voices are saying, prove, prove that you are worth something. Yeah. Prove it versus resting in the favor and claiming that of receiving it. Because, like you said, receptivity requires a response, um, which is such a difference than trying to prove that I'm worth it. And I mean, it's exhausting. I think we've all fallen into that. I know I have, you know, and. It's just exhausting trying to prove your worth. Or when somebody criticizes you or they don't pay attention to you, then like he says, it just, quote unquote, reinforces the evidence that you're nobody. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's almost like as you're talking about this, you know, we, we all love to work out and stuff like that. But it's like this interior, it's like an interior workout mm-hmm. of a choice of like the battle for narrative. Like which narrative I'm going to believe? Because there's two very powerful. One is the eternal narrative, which will win, which mm-hmm. always wins. Mm-hmm. But there's a very other powerful narrative. And where you and I at every moment, just this morning at Mass, I just was following a train of thought that I was having and I'm like this is not from God mm-hmm. like because I could tell like what was doing to me was kind of filling me with just like oh you know kind of like sadness I'm like this is this I'm like I rebuke you saying like, this is in mass like having yeah. the battle of the narrative I'm like this is not from God and I think it's the interior and some days I'm better you know a better warrior than others but mm-hmm. the proving versus the receptivity of truth mm-hmm. right yeah yeah and you know when we seek it out in other places that um, our identity and the acknowledgement and being seen and loved, it really causes us to live a small story, you know. Amen. And that small story living, gosh, mm-hmm. that's never going to satisfy ever, ever, ever. Like we're called into the most glorious story. You're already a part of it, you know. We are a part of this, the most glorious story. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's why we love movies. That's why we love underdog stories. That's mm-hmm. why we love good books. Like mm-hmm. they all are speaking of the most real story that we will ever know, which Mm -hmm. is that we're called into this life of the beloved with God to be with him forever in Mm -hmm. heaven. And, uh, 
man, am I thinking about that every day? Or am I thinking about my to-do list? Am I thinking about how much I have to hustle for something? Yeah. You know, like those truths have to sit in the core of our being. Mm -hmm. um, and that's how we rest in it. You know, that's the mm -hmm. only way that we can rest in it is when we allow them to sit in the core of our being. And I think it's the continual, like you said, the continual calling to mind throughout the day. Mm -hmm. When we're tempted to be anxious, we're tempted to hustle, we're tempted to... And then just to kind of take an interior time and say, okay, what's what's happening here? Like, okay, Lord, can you speak to me here? What's Just to go back to resting, you know, yeah. and abiding versus... That's such a common theme, you know, that we talk about often. Mm -hmm. um, and I love, you know, Henry, later on the chapter, he'll say... Every time you listen with great attentiveness to the voice that calls you the beloved, you will discover within yourself a desire to hear that voice longer and more deeply. I love this. It is like discovering a well in the desert. Mm -hmm. Once you have touched wet ground, you want to dig deeper. Oh, so true. Yeah. And I think the voice gets stronger. It does, yeah. You tune yourself to hear it, and the mm -hmm. voice gets stronger. And even before that quote, going back on page 36... He does, it says, listening to the voice with greater inner attentiveness. Mm -hmm. I hear it in my center words that I say, I've called you by name from the very beginning. You are mine and I am yours. You are my beloved on my favor rests. I have molded you in the depths of the earth Amen. and knitted you together in the mother's womb. I have carved you in the palm of my hand and mm -hmm. hidden you in the shadow of an embrace. I look at you with infinite tenderness and care for you with a care more intimate than that of a mother for a child. And it goes on. I mean, those two paragraphs like we should be saying over ourselves mm -hmm. you know and just to remind and our friends us, yes. and our friends and the people yeah amen when i was reading this part it reminded me um i remember one of the first times i had done an ignatius retreat you know and i loved it because it was imaginative prayer and i'm like oh game on and so and i was in a meditation um during the silent retreat and i was praying and um i had an image of the father looking at me you know and he looked at me and my quirks and my gifts and I felt him saying, like, this one, she's mine. Oh. Like, she's mine. I made her, mm -hmm. and that she's mine. Mm -hmm. That this makes me even tear up. Then he looked at me in areas of sinfulness and brokenness. And with the same love and delight mm -hmm. that he said before, look at her. This one, she's mine. Mm -hmm. You know, I made her, I created her, and all of her brokenness and faults, she's mine. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like this beautiful... And there was something in me in that moment and that spiritual reflection that broke in me saying, I can trust him no matter what. Yeah. Oh, you know, like I can go to him Amen. and crawl on his lap as a father no matter what. So you don't have to hide. And I don't have to hide. And the good mm. and the bad, you know, he's saying, that one, she's mine. Mm. You know, and it was such, it was like I felt him put a claim on me. Mm. You know, and like an experience of that. Mm. And we can say that, you know, I know God loves me. And mm -hmm. I know. But really, when you experience it and you really feel it in your bones that you know that you know in your gut, it's a game changer. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like this is the one I profess to every Sunday mm -hmm. in Mass or in daily Mass. Like, I believe. Mm -hmm. Like when you really say, I believe. Mm -hmm. You know, and that profession of faith becomes a daily reality. That's a big deal, mm -hmm. you know. And but we keep on professing our love for him, and he keeps on professing and claiming his love for us. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and you know, whenever. right now, this is where the battle. It, this is exactly the concrete battle in your life. Somebody might be listening to what you're saying, Michelle, and be like, "Well, that's great for Michelle because mm -hmm. she's probably holier than me, and God doesn't love me as much as her because I haven't had that experience." And you can come visit me and realize I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But even just to to realize that 
God loves all of us as the beloved and it doesn't yep. diminish yeah. anyone because you've had that experience and they haven't or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, And he'll talk God, about that later in the book. Yeah, what exactly. That means. We'll get into yeah, that he'll later. Talk about that. Um, but just even if you're hearing that lie, like this is where you need to begin to fight for it and mm-hmm. let God speak into that place. Um, that he, he is calling all of us the beloved, mm-hmm. and we have to claim that for ourselves mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I love at the end of this chapter, on page 38, and he says, um, Therefore, I want to assure you, where he says, But I do feel a certain impatience toward you, because I don't want you to waste too much of your time. Mm-hmm. I have fewer years ahead of me than behind me. For you, I hope the opposite is true. Therefore, I want to assure you already now that you do not have to get caught in searches that only lead to entanglement. I really felt like Henry now at this point, like he almost wanted to grab Fred and like hold his face and said, listen to me. (laughs) It is strong. You need to understand these truths. And it made me want to say, and especially the younger girls that I journey with and my friends or whatever, like hold people's face, like listen to me. Like this is a big deal. Like, like with an urgency, Mm -hmm. you got to believe that you are loved. You've got to believe that you're the beloved. And for me, it almost was like a battle cry. I am so tired of the church not being who she's supposed to be and claiming her identity. And mm. we are the church. So it takes yeah. us individually claiming our identity and living into this truth so the church can become who she's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, I want the church to be a church triumphant yeah. and then on this side of heaven yeah. and not on the other side of heaven, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, it's time to you're, be the beloved, become the beloved. It's time. You know, mm-hmm. so wherever we are in our spiritual journey, it's time to go to the next level. Amen, mm-hmm. girl. You know, it yeah. is time. Yeah. And to believe that God is enough. You it know? is. Like, I think that's, we have to recognize, like you were saying, sister, this, this battle has been raging from the beginning. This mm-hmm. is the garden, mm-hmm. you know, where doubt was spoken into the hearts of Adam and Eve, that oh, God right. is not enough, that mm-hmm. he's holding out on mm-hmm. them. Um, and I think in many ways we still believe that. Oh, right. that's the, that life. is like, this perpetual well, lie. Yeah, yeah God Does isn't God giving really me say, what I want, yeah. and so obviously he doesn't love me. Um, and any parent knows that you can't give your kid everything they ask for because you know what's good for them. You know, it's trusting his heart. Yeah. He knows what's best. Did God really say, I mean, Eve asked, did he really say that I'm the beloved? Like, really? Like, yeah. we go back to this. And so what does she do? Yeah. She takes matters into her own hands. Yeah. And how many of us as women, like, want to take matters? And, well, I, I've got to make this work. I'll just do it myself. Yeah. You know, and then for the men, they'll be, like, diminishing and mm-hmm. stepping back. Well, I don't know if I want to get involved. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to know if I want to step into who I truly am. Oh, girl, you know, you're right now. Amen. I know yeah. what I want to do. So for women, we want to take matters in our own hands mm-hmm. and figure and manipulate and figure out God's will. And men are diminishing back and not stepping into the strongness of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's been when we step into our identity, that is when the garden is fruitful. Mm-hmm. And it becomes who, it's, who we're supposed to be in the kingdom starts to look like what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know, and it's claiming that identity and trusting. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Wow. Mic drop on that one. Yeah. <laughs> we might as well just end right there. Might as well. All right, people, what's your one thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, this is such a rich conversation. I, I really, we could spend time, a lot of time here. So, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. And I hope that our listeners do. If you're meeting in groups of people or you just want to call up a friend and chat about mm-hmm. some of these things, I hope you will dive mm-hmm. deeper yeah. into some of these topics. Mm-hmm. I know that we will continue the conversation once we're done this podcast, for sure. Maybe over tacos or something? Yeah, probably. Yeah, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> All right, ladies, so our one thing, week two, here we go. Heather, do you have a one thing that you want to share? Yeah, there's a song, um, it's by Hillsong Music, and it's called I Surrender. Mm. It's been out for a long time, mm-hmm. but just 
as I've heard it lately this last week, it's just really struck me again. And I've been able to pray that very deeply. And it's such an appropriate song for Lent. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so we're going to put it up on the website so you guys can check it out. And uh, I hope you enjoy it as well. Mm. Michelle, what's your one thing? One of my one things is um, God has been really um, honing in on the whole idea of home and what does home mean and family. And so I discovered this quote from G.K. Chesterton, which I thought I had exhausted all quotes from G.K. Chesterton. And um, I don't think anybody could ever do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, even possible. the quote queen Michelle Pensinger. seriously cannot yeah. exhaust. He is a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. Him and C.S. Lewis, I love them. Um, and Tolkien, you know, they're my men. So, but this one I loved. It says, "The home is not the one tame place in a world of adventure. It is the one wild place in a world of rules and set tasks." Mm. Mm. And I just like that, and um, just going along with the theme of baptism mm. and being welcomed to a family and a home. Mm. That's great. What is your one thing, sister? Well, I was thinking of I, you know, I think we've talked about how God speaks to us, and one of the the ways that God speaks to me is through songs, and many times He will sing to me. So. I have often woken up with songs on my heart, and I know God well enough to know that He, everything from very holy stuff to 80s music to... (laughs) So when I wake up with a song on my lips or in my heart, I pay attention. And so uh, Annie, Michelle's assistant, had sent us this playlist from Spotify, which I'm just wearing out to this day still. But there was this one song, it's called Agape, by a group called Bear's Den. And I can't quite figure out if he's talking to God or to uh, somebody else, but... The, the part of the chorus says, I don't want to know who I am without you. And that one verse, mm. I know it's Jesus saying, like, I want you to know who I am, who you are in me. So I'm like, I'm Lord, I, I don't want to know who I am without you. It's very apropos to our discussion, yeah. right? Because yeah. how often we define ourselves based on other people's opinions or our experiences, but Christ is always speaking to us. And I was comparing that with a, I do a lot of talks to teens, so I listen to a lot of pop music and just, just to kind of keep, keep what's happening out there. And I came across a, a fairly recently a pop song um, where the, the guy was, he's like all tatted up and just like this really, you know, like kind of just kind of a harsh looking man, but he's speaking about how this woman dumped him and he said, you know, I fall apart down to my core. Mm. And, but the anguish in his voice is so deep. The first time I heard the song, I was like, whoa, this is something. And I thought of the difference between building your house, the foundation of your house on God versus on a person, right? And so like knowing who we are in God, who we are in his eyes versus placing all of my self-respect, all of my whole self-image on whether some person loves me or not. So just kind of contrasting between the two, but Lord, I don't want to know who I am without you. Mm. So, amen. Beauty. You're beautiful. <laughs> That's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to keep Michelle, leaving you. Yeah, I know. We can do that all day. Michelle, would you like to tell us your one thing? I already did. You the did? Quote from G.K. Oh, Chester. crap. <laughs> <laughs> Sister <laughs> fell asleep for no, a Obviously, it was not. She was thinking about tacos. I was thinking about something else. Honestly, she was totally ignoring me. She was thinking about tacos. That's it. I'm not. Okay, I'm going to reject this voice that I'm not seen or known. And remember, I'm the beloved because Sister can't see me. This is real life, people. Uh, Yeah. Because I was thinking about something else that we talked about that Heather was adamantly against that I thought you were going to be like, this is my one thing, whether you like it or not. No, I thought about it. Okay. But Heather will let me say it. See, people, look, I'm not trying to keep everybody on the straight and narrow. Keeping it real, people. Keeping people honest. I rejected my other one thing, but that's okay. She's like, no. It's a narrow path, my people. (laughs) Stay on the path. Don't use the broad one. All right. So, well, continue. Please continue to join us. You can join our Facebook group. Michelle's laughing now. It's all downhill from here, people. So, you can join our Facebook group um, on the Life of the Beloved book series. So, if you go to our Abiding Together podcast 
Facebook page, you can apply to join us and we will gladly let you in. We hope you're enjoying it. It's still not too late. If you haven't got the book yet or you haven't started reading it, jump right in. You're most welcome. And if you enjoy our podcast, would you please share it with a friend? Give us a rating on iTunes. You can find us there. You can find us on Abiding Together podcast. We can click on the image to each of our podcast episodes and find discussion questions and journaling questions and just join us on the journey. We're most delighted to be with you. And remember you, my dear friends, you're the beloved and you are deeply, deeply loved. So until we meet again next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.